Welcome to Healing with the Masters. We are so delighted that you've chosen to hang out with us for this series of speakers, inspirational wisdom, powerful affirmations, invocations, activations, prayer, and healing. Healing with the Masters represents transformation to ignite your light and to show you a framework of possibility for moving into a new way of being in your life, modeling that for others in your life, and changing the whole planet. Enjoy this powerful series. Now, if you're interested in joining us live, then just go to hwtmpodcast.com. That stands for Healing with the Masters, hwtmpodcast.com. Register there for the current season. And did I mention? It's free. Join us absolutely free. You just have to register. But for now, enjoy these shows because they created the most amount of transformation. They created the most amount of buzz, insights, and miracles of possibility. These are just as powerful as the day they were recorded. The vibration and energies are still present and available for you. And if you're listening to them, it's because you're ready right now. Know that you helped to create this content. Your desires and intentions have brought this very broadcast here before you. So listen, engage, and enjoy. And again, if you'd like to join us in our live season, remember to go to hwtmpodcast.com. You just have to register. Join us, experience the light, absolutely free. Now enjoy this show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Volume 13 of Healing with the Masters in this very powerful season. I'm going to just do a little prayer, and these prayers set up the conversation so that you are in this in the presence of your heart. So allow yourself to really feel this. Um, this 2014 set of seasons is unique in that it's our second year of the Aquarian Age, and this is the year of let's get her done. This is our soul group opportunity to commit to our journeys, to engage in our lives, and in the process and together, make a difference on this planet. We are delighted that you chose to hang out with us this season, and I want to remind you that you are beckoning forth all the content on this and every show of this season of Healing with the Masters. Your intentions have brought forth this very moment. So everything is here for you. That's what's so powerful about our Healing with the Masters community. You create the content through your intentions. I also want to remind you that the healing part of our name means transformation. It means realignment and repatterning. It means you are on a pathway to change it all. And we're so excited at at what you're about to create. Now, you may think the masters are the remarkable speakers that we bring on each week, but we know that you are actually the master you are seeking. All of the answers are within you, and the master teachers you're hearing on this series are giving you nudges and hints as to who you truly are, that bright, sparkling being of light and love that you are. And today, I'm so excited to welcome a very special guest and a very unique guest to Healing with the Masters. Um, we're, we're proud and honored to welcome Pear Bristow um, to our show. And the reason why it's unique is because Pear has a very special gift. He has a gift to assist people in learning how to sing. And I'm going to take it that much further to actually find their true, authentic voice. 
And we know here in this community that when you find your authentic voice, you have opened up your throat chakra. You are now speaking a level of truth that vibrates through your life and impacts directly those you are in contact with. And Pear has a remarkable, unique gift in assisting people in discovering that authentic vocal cord, physical, but energetic expression. Um, He is a vocal and performance coach. He's based in Los Angeles, and he's the creator of the Bristow Voice Method that for more than 15 years has empowered singers and speakers to heal and develop their voices. His very popular and very renowned Sing with Freedom and the Singing Zone Home Study Programs have helped thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in 132 nations develop a greater awareness of body, mind, rapidly releasing restrictions and effectively developing all physical aspects of their voice. And what we also know is that also creates a different kind of expansion. His method is known to go far beyond developing the physical aspects of the voice, but to truly free the inner voice, offering greater levels of well-being, of confidence, creativity, and health, as well as dramatically improving communication, presentation, and overall performance skills. And I would say even going so far as to improving abundance, flow, and balance in your life. I am so honored to welcome uh, Per Bristow to Healing with the Masters. Welcome, Per. Oh, thank you so much. Wow, yeah, I, I'm really honored to be here. It's, uh, you do such great work, Jennifer, and I've listened to other interviews that you've done, and, and it's, it's phenomenal. Mm. And the voice, what an amazing instrument it is, isn't it? Yeah, let's talk about that. What, what, <laughs> tell us a little bit about, about the voice. And, and I mean, you know some intricacies that many of us may not have even considered, so tell us a little bit about how amazing this instrument is. If we look at it from an evolutionary perspective, it's kind of interesting because we could easily argue that it's the development of our voice that really separates us from other species in a sense. Mm -hmm. Because that has enabled us to develop language and then the higher thinking capacity, whichever comes first. But it's so amazing that it's so embedded in us, this needs to express. And we do it all the time. And... uh, that's then what brings us to to singing. But I would like to look at singing from a bigger perspective. Yeah, some of them on the call here may be active singers, but I think really we all sing. We all express somehow. There is a reason why singing is such a vital part of every culture, every community, and we could easily argue that we all sing before we're able to construct words, to be able to construct sentences. This thing about exploring our voice, it's so deeply embedded in us. And it's so important that we feel comfortable with that, become comfortable with that. Yeah, um, the uh, uh, I love that notion, um, that observation that we often sing before we talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we make a joyful noise, don't we? <laughs> exactly, and we explore our voice, right? We make sound, and when we sometimes we make sound just because we're discovering what that is all about. And sound, in that sense, is a kinesthetic experience because there's vibration, right? We experience that vibration when we make sound, and then, of course, later on we realize, well, not later on, but we can also say that the first thing we ever do is to make a sound, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This so-called 
cry, but it set something in motion, and it, I, I think it's so beautiful. And of course, everyone knows that if we have a voice problem, if we experience restrictions, we know also how that hampers us. It, it really is devastating to us. If someone has a serious voice problem, where suddenly we can't be who we are, we can't express, it, it's, it really is painful. And some people, well, perhaps most of us, we tend to use the voice the way we've always done it. It's sort of, we take it for granted, assuming we haven't had specific problems. We, but that, what we should know is that, like everything in life, it can be developed dramatically. And what I find is so fascinating is what happens to us when we do that, when we experience that we can set the voice in motion, we can create that vibration, it becomes freer. We release restrictions, and restrictions then could be fears, and they could be physical restrictions and and all kinds of things that go way back. A lot of people have been silenced when they were kids or have been uh, grown up with the idea that children should be seen and not heard. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> or some people have come to believe that they can't sing. Right. And singing is not for me. Singing is something that someone else has that you're supposed to have talent to sing. So there's so much embedded in, in that, and it's so freeing to really experience what it's like to release the voice. And, uh, yeah, on so many different levels. And you love to sing, right, Jennifer? I do. I do love to sing. <laughs> and it's, I've had uh, amazing experimentations with confidence in singing. And uh-huh. uh, so I, 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 I get that singing isn't just about the vocal cords. There's right. so much more going on than that. So, so we have this amazing tool and instrument, um, and it's a tool to express and communicate. Uh, but yet, it also can be devastating, and I've experienced that firsthand when the voice kind of crashes and burns. You know what I call a choke on stage. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When all of a sudden you can't sing, and there's some there are some people in our audience that we've heard through our Q&A shows that happen on Wednesdays at uh, noon on Cal- California time, that um, that they have voice restrictions, that they something happened and all of a sudden they kind of lost their voice, like their speaking voice. So um, tell us about what your experience is when, when we're talking about how the emotions play on the voice. Right. And whichever comes first, right? Because it goes hand in hand. And that's what so makes the instrument so amazing also. If you miss a note on the piano, it's not such a big deal. But if the voice isn't happening, if it's not coming out the way you would like it to come out, it really is such a psychological instrument. And that's, of course, why there's a certain amount of fears involved in expressing and singing. Public speaking, as we know, or singing in front of people can be very, very, well, fearful, frankly. Terrifying! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and but that's also why it's so such emotional. It's such a it's such powerfully um, to actually. It's so powerful to to sing and let out your voice and why it has such an emotional connection. And uh, so it goes both ways. And that's why it's so important to uh, to develop it. I think, and it's so helpful to develop it. So if someone has a restriction then you've discovered that how that is closely related to your psychology. And that's, of course, a lot of people who love to sing. They can't be without singing. It's so powerful. 
Yeah. Yeah, the singing part of my life is um is some of the most joyful moments is when I'm uh, making that joyful sound. Really? Uh, yeah, I I just it just fills me up so profoundly when I when I get to sing. And most of the time I'm singing it, you know, in the shower and while I'm cooking and <laughs> around the house and or I'm watching American Idol and break out into song. <laughs> Right. And speaking of all these shows, right, there is a reason why we are so attracted to these shows and why so many people want to be on it and why we're watching it. It is part of us singing. There's a reason why we're so attracted to good singers or, or to singers that are, we feel attracted to. And, and singers these days can sound in many very different ways, and we still call them singers, which is, I think is wonderful. But it is so deeply embedded in us that we are attracted to that. And we want to that, do it ourselves. That makes sense. So, so what is it that um, causes these ex- these restrictions in our voice, uh, physically, physically, and emotionally? What, what, from your perspective, what causes these? Shall we do an exercise? Yes, let's do it. Let's start off by just doing a, a very, very simple thing, just to get an idea of the physicality of the voice. Okay. And then we'll talk about what that really leads to ultimately, but. Just just very, very, very basic. So if everyone does this, you inhale, and then you just exhale without making a sound. So if I'm doing like this, now you hear the sound of the breath. But let's do that, everybody. So inhale, and then just breathe out. So there's no sound. That was just an exhale. So now, let's inhale and then just say, ah. So if I do it first, ah, just like that. So everybody do that. Go ahead. Ah. Right. So now the question is, what is the difference? There's something that we're doing differently. First one had no sound. The second one had sound. So what is that? Well, that is really than these magical things that we have inside of our voice box, inside of the larynx and the throat, that we call vocal cords, also known as vocal folds. And when we breathe, they they are like V-shaped, but on a horizontal level. So when we breathe, they are apart from each other. And when we make sound, they come together. So it's that coming together that creates, they have to come together in order to vibrate. And then we exhale, and then they vibrate. But they have to come together in order to do that. And we have this magical ability to do this. We've always been able to do it from day one, which is also why we start taking it for granted, because we really are never taught how to do it. We just do it, right? So it's very, very natural to us. But what's amazing is that if we start on just a physical level first, to recognize what it is that makes that happen. Because the truth is that there are a lot of other muscles that engage also. So if I, for example, were to speak like this, and now I speak, now you can hear that I have a breathy voice, a lot of air. Now that can be nice and gentle, but also very, very limiting. So that means the vocal cords are not coming together. They are coming together a little bit because we could hear a little bit of a sound, right? But they are leaking. So if I do that all the time, 
I'm not going to be able to project. I'm not going to have dynamics. I'm not going to have range, tonality. I'm not going to have a very expressive instrument. So I can't do very much with it. And then that might happen if we are used to being soft-spoken, if we have lived with the idea that I don't want to be uh, a nuisance to anyone. And, and then it becomes habitual that way. Other people have the other way, the opposite. So that the vocal cords come together, but they come together very harshly. So if I talk like this, I don't know if you can hear this over the phone, but it is a little bit strangled. Huh, yes. Yeah. I so thought you were just going to go loud, but this is really fascinating. Right, yeah, yeah, good point. So there's actually not a difference in volume there. Wow. But the, but the functionality is that now it's sque- the chords are squeezing together. Now I s- sound like I'm in pain, perhaps. I'm tired, and I become tired. So it's not <laughs> I'm just... getting tired listening to you. Right, yeah. And it feels like I'm not exhaling, right? Right, right, right. The breath is being held. Exactly, and it's not the breathing. And this is the traditional way of thinking about it is that, oh, we have to engage in breathing techniques. And breathing is, of course, extremely important. But the issue here is not the breathing. It's because everything is closed up there. The door is closed, so to speak, so nothing's coming out. And now you, if, if this is happening with you, I'm exaggerating now, but even if it's a tendency, you become held back. You are restricted in that sense. You are not releasing who you are. The same thing with the first person. Now, as a matter of fact, let's do, let's do one, one more experiment just for the fun of it. So if we start making a sound like this, like we did, the ah, and we do ah, and then suddenly go breathy in the middle of that exhale. Let's try that, everybody. Ah. Right. So what happened there? Well, the air continued because you were continuing your exhale, but what you did was that you opened the door, so to speak. And what happened to the breath? Well, it all disappeared. And that's also a misconception that if someone talks like this, we think that it's a breathing problem. Because this person is exhaling all the time. The air is escaping so quickly. And now I've become tired because of that. And I have to breathe all the time. So it's easy to think that the problem is, is the breathing. But the problem there is that the doors open. Right, there's, there's two, there, there, it's leaking, as you said. The it's leaking, exactly. Leaking. So, uh, we could, yeah. Interesting. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to let you finish. I've got some questions after. Um, well, go ahead with your question, and maybe I'll... The, so the uh, leaking part, can, can we then, you know, as I watch, you know, I've watched you on some videos teaching, and as I watch you, you have such control of what you call this instrument. Um, you know, you're a master teacher, and you 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 can see the just this this demonstration shows that level of control. Can we start building that level of control as well? And it's not control; it's actually I'm going to rephrase that. It feels more like command. <laughs> okay. Because the restriction sometimes feels like the like the control piece, and you are in command of your vocal cords. So, can we do the same thing? Can we get more command of of, so for those who have voice restrictions, how might they um, move from, from that, you know, from what you said 
right. to, yeah. to something that is more uh, um, that isn't leaking. Absolutely, absolutely. You can develop dramatically, and that's what's so fascinating. But we tend to not to know how to do it. Of course, we don't learn this in school, and uh, so therefore we tend to do what we've always done. But even if we've done something habitually for 20 years, we can dramatically change it. I shouldn't say change, actually, because a lot of people, we, we really don't want to change because we're, we're associated with who we are, right? But how about evolving? How about develop? How, how about becoming a greater version of who you are right? rather than feeling that I'm going to change? Because a lot of people are actually afraid of changing their voice. I don't want to change my voice. I don't want to change who I am. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that the um, audience is saying, well, well, if I move into this new voice, where's, what happens to my old voice, my old idiosyncrasies that make me me? Right, exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, and, and um, we can use the voice in so many different ways, and that's what makes it so interesting, right? So being breathy, could be wonderful when we sing it could be very very powerful when we speak right if i sing some say love it is a river that drowns the tender reed and we might want to do that it could actually become powerful in the sense that it becomes engaging but we could also want, want to have more vibration, and even if we don't want to be loud, so if I do, some say love, it is a river. That's not really louder, and over the phone, of course, it comes across uh, not so great, but it's not louder, but it has more of the vibration. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems uh, clearer. Yes. Exactly, right. and it actually becomes easier easier to sing, right? But then we might want to sing, sing louder. Some say love. I'm backing up from the phone now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But 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 that actually becomes fun to be able to release sound and and enjoy it and have fun and be a little bigger and louder and bolder, which is very very important if we have a lived a lifestyle where we have been soft-spoken, maybe we uh, work in an environment where we're not supposed to make much sound, we're silent during the days, we may have come to feel that being loud is something that obnoxious people are, that's not socially acceptable, so giving yourself permission to actually be a little bit louder and bolder can be very, very freeing, and of course we do it in a safe environment, we, you do it by yourself. So you was you were talking about that, Jennifer. That you do it in the shower, you do it at home, and it's so powerful. That's not about performance or singing to other people. That is to create that en energy to to really let your spirit um, come, come alive. And you know, we could argue that the voice is really sort of the conduit for your spirit in a sense. But it, it, it's uh, it, there's so many different things that we can do with a voice, and can you develop it? Absolutely. You discovered right there that you can open and close the vocal cords just by so doing the 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 breath with sound and breath without sound. Exactly. Right. So now the next step would be to d 
develop how you can do anything in between, how you can get the cores to come together even stronger, but without other muscles rushing in to help the process. And that's what's very, very common, that other muscles rush in to try and help, and that's very nice of them, but we rather they don't. So, it's a, so then it becomes actually a very, very skillful muscle isolation. And that's what we all need when we play an instrument. So if you're going to play a piano, you need to be able to move fingers in intricate patterns. Right? I played violin as a kid. You have to get these fingers. It's very, very much muscle coordination and or if you play a play a sport or do whatever or have a healthy body right do yoga it's all about muscle isolation to awaken the body in that sense so that we can develop dramatically whether it's the voice or developing fingers to move so the the there is a a coordination and a, a musculature to the the vo- the vocal cords and the uh, and singing and and I, I would imagine that when we when we allow that 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 expansion of vocal cords and singing and the practice to to improve the mus- musculature, that it likely impacts other physiology as well. I heard someone talk about how they use singing to stop sleep apnea. Yes, that's actually very interesting. And then we come into all these other muscles that are going on inside of the throat and then, and also higher up in the pharynx, the pharyngeal muscles inside the mouth and the back there. And being able to isolate and separate those are very, very helpful. And I know with sleep apnea, with snoring, those kind of things, it's been very, very helpful. And, of course, it affects breathing, obviously, because, well, we already discovered that although I was talking about this muscle up here, it affects breathing big time. And breathing is, of course, very, very important in expression in, the, in living. And all these conditions often go hand in hand with restricted breathing. Sleep apnea, of course, affects breathing. It's, it, that is when we actually stop breathing. Yeah. Wow. So and so, um, uh, training these muscles in a new way. Um, it, it, what I'm tapping into, and you've t- I've heard you talk about this. It, it opens up a whole new capacity of confidence of of air, <laughs> which yes. you know, when we have more air, we have more capacity to think and to have energy, and um, and it also opens up the the kind of this, as I said, this level of confidence that. Um, that we can, um, it, it feels almost like you can be more articulate in yes. some ways when this musculature and everything is working well there. Is that true? Absolutely. And I do things a little bit differently from traditional voice training. Because if you think about it, what is singing in, in most of <laughs> our minds? What do we think of singing? Often we think of singing being someone who can match notes. Yeah. And a lot of people are really, really, really uncomfortable with how they sing because they think it's because they don't match notes. And if someone doesn't hit the notes, we call them being flat or sharp, you're out of key, you're off tune, and they're, they're told to shut up. And, a lot and of as they people, say, as they say in American Idol, pitchy. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. And ex- and a lot of people 
oh, I don't know how many people I've have come to me who are now in their uh, more advanced years, so to speak, and they now have felt that they would love to sing in a choir, but they've never had the confidence to sing because when they were kids, they were trying to sing in in a school choir and they were told to be quiet because they couldn't match notes. Right. It's so embedded in us that this matching note thing is what singing is all about. Now, here's the thing. First of all, learning how to match notes is the easiest thing in the world. But that is also the easiest thing to judge from an outside point of view. So Interesting. Yeah. And, and the judgment tends to be, hey, you're missing the notes, therefore you can't sing. And I think that's so, so sad. That's someone goes in and wants to play basketball and then they miss the first shot. And then someone comes and tells me, hey, you can't play basketball. You never will be able to play basketball, go home. And the kid then believes that and then never plays basketball or never touches a ball. Now, I mean, that's almost how dramatically it becomes when it comes to singing. But what if that, but what if that basket was a little bit too high and he didn't have the strength yet? Or, or he just happened to miss ten times in a row. Do, do pros do that? Of course they do. Yeah, but they all miss. Be- they all miss before they got the basket in. <laughs> exactly. They still and do. They, <laughs> they still do. Exactly. Right. And, so, and sometimes we have good days and sometimes bad days. But exactly, they still do. And it's such a loaded thing when it comes to singing. And this is part of what I'm. So much want to change in our consciousness that this, this how quickly we are to judge people who sing, and therefore we're so quickly at saying things to especially kids, but also adults. And a lot of adults, I meet a lot of adults who say that when they hear that I coach singers, and then they sort of say that, yeah, well, that's not for me. I can't sing. I have no talent. Well, how do you know that? Uh, have you tried? <laughs> and it turns out they haven't, really. Yeah, well, from that first moment of, no, you can't sing, to now, there's likely been no trying. Right. right. Exactly. So what I love to do is to shift the process from trying to hit notes, which is what tends to happen when we're accustomed to singing scales, and that's the traditional way of training the voice is, that you go in and you sing scales and you try to match the notes and then you try to sound in a certain way, you try to sound better. But often there's very, very little awareness of what's going on. And uh, even professional singers don't have this kinesthetic awareness of what the vocal cords are doing, for example, what we were doing right now. So I found it to be so helpful when we reverse the process that we get to feel these muscles on a different level and then... Uh, and that also takes away the psychology of it. We're not talking about the, the fears and the joy or anything of the emotion. We're just talking physicality. So it, it actually becomes easier. It becomes non-threatening. We can start feeling muscles. So then what I say is let's forget about trying to hit notes. And what we did right now, we weren't trying to hit a note, were we? We were just yeah. feeling the difference between... Breathy and connected, okay, vibration, no vibration, huh, I'm exhaling, okay, what is that going on inside of there, huh, how interesting. So now it becomes that fun play process of curiosity, discovery process, which is what we loved as kids, right, when we were making sound. 
or when we were doing anything, frankly. And then we start feeling things on a different level. And then we start feeling uh, tension, restrictions, things that I'm holding on to and how I can set um, these restrictions free and how I can get the vocal cords to vibrate with less and less effort, how I can go back and forth with this breathy, connected, I can do more breathy, oh, more connected, how interesting, oh, and what are all these muscles doing? And it starts feeling fun. And then you realize that you can actually let out sound them with more power, with less effort. And it becomes this joyful process of making sound. And what happens then is that the sound, well, it feels so much better to let out sound. Part of it is because you don't have the pressure anymore to have to sound good. You don't have to match the notes. And even professionals love that because finally... <laughs> They don't have to have the pressure of having to sound good. <laughs> Beginners think that professionals don't have that feeling. <laughs> they <Right>. do. <laughs> um, but anyway, so when, when the voice actually becomes free, or the matching notes actually become super, super easy. It's not, you, you have, the ear is fine. 99% of the population, the ear is absolutely fine. But we think it's not fine because we tend to sing... Some say love, it is a river that round. But it's, I'm not setting the strings in motion. Of course I'm not going to match the notes. I'm not breathing, I'm holding back. And there's all these restrictions. Of course it's not going to sound good. And of course you're going to be pitchy. So and that's ear, what happens with... The ear yeah. is fine. It's the just fine. The, the mechanics that, that go astray. And when we understand the mechanics... But there's also there's also the emotion behind it too. There's also the fear, what we've been told. So how do we understand and embrace the powerful emotion known as fear, Pear? I know that you've you talk about this in in uh, um, Beyond Singing. Um, you have products now that are, go Beyond Singing. So tell me yeah. about about how fear impacts this whole process. I love fear. Okay. Yeah, baby. This is going to be good. <laughs> I love fear. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. And I think the awareness of fear is probably one of the greatest levels of awareness that we can get to. That does not mean that we're going to get rid of fears or try it. It means that we are aware of fear. How wonderful, how beautiful. Now, fear, there is a reason for fear. The reason, I mean, fear is there to protect us. So that's good. Now, of course, what what are we afraid of in these days? And you talked about this, Jennifer, as far as the throat chakra, why it's so restrictive for so many people. And, and it, well, we don't have to go to the cause because they can, you know, we'll never find a real cause. There's a lot of factors involved. But what are we afraid of these days? It's not that we are not going to get a meal, probably. What do you think, Jennifer? I think it's the perception of security. Uh-huh. It's the perception of, of um, are we going to be loved? Yes. Protected, safe. Yes. Exactly. I think so, too. And, of course, when we become teens, we become very self-conscious about... What are people going to think of us? Or probably earlier than teens, but you know, in the teenage years, that be, tends to become very sensitive, and that's also when the voice changes, and that becomes very self-conscious. How we look, how we're perceived, how we are loved, how we belong, 
um, in a community or wherever, in a family situation. Um, and then, of course, that builds to this, this fear of public speaking, expressing in front of other people, because now we tend to become self-conscious. What are people going to think of us? Are they going to like us? And so forth. I agree with you. Those are probably some of the greatest fears that we all live with. Very understandable. We can all have compassion for that. And that, of course, ties directly to our ability to express and be who we are. So if our training becomes about trying to sound good, trying to hit notes, if that is our training with a goal that I want to sound good, is that going to be helpful for that process? Probably not, because yeah, it now... Feels like, it feels like pressure, almost. Yes, and you now have the goal of trying to be good, trying to prove something, trying to be good enough. And, of course, you're always going to feel that you're not good enough. You are judging yourself all the time when you are trying to match notes and you're trying to sound good. But the powerful singer that we so much love is not, the, is not the singer who stands up on stage and is trying, that we can sense is trying to hit the notes and trying to do it right and is self-conscious about whether the, he or she is doing it right. The person that we love is the person who's sharing, who's giving, who's really um, expressing the emotion of the moment and expressing what they feel in the song. And frankly, if they miss a note or so, we can be very forgiving. But it's the energy that we love. Yes, sound, absolutely. But what is sound? Sound is energy. We don't, we're not appealed to sound that is restricted or held back or, or, or approached with force but someone who's actually releasing who they are. And obviously we're attracted to different kinds of people, different styles of music, which is beautiful, which also depends on our mood and so forth. But that's what we're attracted to. So therefore, when we then give ourselves permission to let out sound without the concern of sounding good, without the concern of how other people think, already there, we let go of a very, very important piece of the puzzle, this judgment, the fear of what people are going to think about us. And this is what you said, Jennifer, because when you sing that you experience such joy out of it, but a lot of people don't because they are judging themselves, even when they are by themselves, they're judging themselves. And, of course, then they don't dare or want to sing with other people because they're judging themselves. When they sing in the choir, they feel so... Because then it's all about hitting the notes and they don't want to mess up and they don't want to sing incorrectly. And although they feel deep inside that singing is such a vital part of them, it's not the kind of joy and passion that they would really love to have. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, that uh, you shared that. That was my personal exploration um, through singing, which is um, I kind of lost my voice in, in uh, high school choir. It was a very elite choir, and they're really amazing voices, and I I didn't mm. think I measured up. So I kind of started mouthing the words, and 
and for a really long time without singing. And then I started singing in a regional local church. Not very good. <laughs> it wasn't a very good choir, but it was mm. really fun. And she called me out as a soloist, and I wanted to be good. Yeah. Pair, I wanted to be good. And those yeah. are all the moments I choked, is when I wanted yeah. to be good, because it was... It was self-fulfilling, and uh, the, what I came to, which I'm, 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 instead of being good, I came to being of service. It's what you were sharing, I think, which is that notion mm-hmm. of, of performance, of heart-centered performance. And when I got out of my mind and got into my heart and wanted to be of service to the audience when I was on stage singing, it was a completely different experience. You know, there there were standing ovations and. Mm-hmm. And I had to. I actually stopped doing all that because um, I, it was too hard on me. Because then I got a standing ovation and wanted to be good again, and it was this crazy, mm-hmm. you know, up and down thing. But um, I'm yeah. really getting what you're talking about, and I think that I could even apply it in my personal life. And when I sing at home, I mean, I sing for um, for my audience with um, uh, with our soul songs. Okay. Um, yeah. And so soul songs without words, um, they're not intimidating for me because. Soul yeah. songs have dissonance within them as part of the process, so I trust it c- implicitly. It's completely of service, and they're never meant to be good. They're meant to be um, powerful tools of healing. Right. Um, so when I sing in that form, there's no problem. But you give me someone else's song where the, it's their music with lyrics, and uh, then I go into that craziness. <laughs> yeah. Of am I good enough? And I'm not here to be good. I'm here to be of service. But of course, that, that as as you share in your work, that also reflects my life process, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, I was just going to add that when you mentioned the performance aspect of it, because I work a lot with high-level performers and who live with that pressure all the time. The voice has to function, but they also have to pe- perform at their peak when it matters the most. Right. And it's really interesting how we can actually turn that around. And so instead of the anxiety for that big event. And like I mentioned before, the beginners tend to sometimes believe that they are the ones who live with the fear of not sounding good enough, but professionals often have enormous amount of fears. Yeah, so Barbara Streisand talked about that a lot. She, yes. she was terrified to perform in public. That's right. And a lot of what I do, I actually draw from my sports background because in sports, what I discovered there, what my strength was really the mental strength. How do I prepare myself? How do I get in the mindset of flow in that sort of peak performance state, state where I actually perform at my best when the so-called pressure is on? But when you start to actually loving the pressure in that sense, and that's what I train with singers also. And it's very, very important so that you therefore have the joy. You find the joy again. A lot of professionals have 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 gotten to that point where there's so much anxiety that is not the joy that it once was. And it's very, very important that we we get back to that. But that, that's what you, you mentioned as far as applying to your life. It's so important to life in, in, in general, uh, beyond singing. It really, really is. So that we can enjoy life and perform at a high level, achieve what we want to achieve, attract what we want to attract, be able to communicate better, be able to... Um, be influential in that sense, and but live with that sense of love and sense of joy and sense of passion for what we do. Yeah, and um, the uh, and I know that that your method is through the voice, and um, and like you said at the top of the show, um, you know it is the the instrument, the the main and the initial, the, and the main instrument 
of how we communicate. It's where yeah. our first um, expression on this planet is through sound. And so um, as we start to play, and I can feel the, the shift in energy on the call here as we start to bring consciousness to this remarkable instrument. Yeah. And as we start to even even that that wonderful little exercise you walked us through, brought consciousness to, you know how I could I'm gonna you know when I finish the show I'm gonna start playing with my vocal cords like, you know what what can I do that's that's different to notice what's different, yeah. And uh, so what what are some of the other things that we can do? I mean, do you have any other exercises that you can give us in this moment to? kind of expand this initial conscious awareness we're now bringing to our our instrument? Well, the thing that I was talking about, the the, the breath is connected, it's actually really fun. And and what I do is I do a lot of exercises around that so that you really feel what's going on, what's the tongue doing, what's the uh, um, neck doing, what's your breathing doing. But just putting attention to these different areas of your body is really fascinating. Just awaken the awareness. What's going on? If you sing a song, for example, feel it. I'm not. I'm not talking on an emotional level, but physically, what, what's happening inside of you? Do you feel that you have to stand in a certain position? Do you have to hold your stomach in a certain position? Do you, are you, do you hold your shoulders? Do you hold your your head in a certain position? Maybe a lot of people have been taught that they're supposed to hold in a certain position and it becomes holding it becomes tension so it's wonderful just to pay attention to that be aware become more aware even if we don't know exactly what to do about it everything starts with awareness and this is really a a beautiful process because then also you become more in the moment you um you become less than judgmental because awareness is aware of what's going on without judging it, without saying, oh, no, why do I do that? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> so not, don't do that. <laughs> but, just, but just notice, and and, um, and in the noticing, you know, one of the things that uh, you talk about, and, um, and we've talked about a lot, where your awareness is, is what expands. So, um, you know, noticing where the tension is allows you to change it, allows you to move into... And what I what I really enjoy about what you're talking about is a sense of play. That yeah. there's there's a sense of 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 not doing it perfectly and playing with your instrument and trying a whole bunch of different stuff. Um right. is and so that's part of the freedom, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. I think that is so important and that is so important in any advanced learning situation. If you're going to learn an advanced skill, that is the mindset. And it sounds perhaps the opposite, because as adults, we've become accustomed to think that play is not serious. No, you've got to be serious. Stop playing. <laughs> right? But the truth is that we, when we have a sense of play, a sense of joy, we actually learn faster. We discover more. We're more open to discovery, and it's absolutely crucial for advanced learning. So, so we don't want to... So I don't want to make it sound like we're just playing and just making nonsense sounds and that's it. We are really, really tapping into a deep awareness and it becomes an an advanced uh, muscle isolation, muscle development, and then that leads then to the emotional freedom, which is what we want. We don't want to 
have to force a sound. We don't have to want to have to artificially try and produce a sound because we think it's going to sound good. We really want to release who you are. And you are, of course, different depending on the moment, depending on who the audience is. Are you singing to a child? Are you singing to a big group of people? What's the song about? What is the passion of the song? You want to be free to express that. Right. So, right. So, so just to go back to what you said, what we could do, the other thing that you could do is allow yourself to do something that's frankly a little bit different from what you normally do. If you're normally soft-spoken, give yourself permission to be a little bit louder and bolder and have fun that, in that way. You might get tired, you might experience strain, but that might be because the muscles have never uh, been engaged in doing that. And it's not necess- it could be louder, but it could also be clearer. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Kind of like what you did. So, can you give us an example? Do do it one more time for us, so we can kind of kinesthetically start to uh, have a template. The difference between soft spoken and clear. In, in, All right. In just speaking. All right. Let's let's do this thing again. When we started with a, I call it a connected sound. When the vocal cords are coming together, they're actually vibrating, and then. There are, of course, many different levels of that. But if you just do then what we did before, uh, and open the chords now, but really this time feel it on a deeper level before. What exactly is it that makes that happen? Is it the tongue? Is it the jaw? Or is it something deep inside there that you may have not paid attention to before? So let's do that again. I'm, I'm going to be silent so you're not distracted, but by me but you do it by yourself here we go and do you want me to do it per pair no that's probably a good idea that you don't do it either then so then they can just do it by themselves and just feel it so now do it one more time and this time experience what the tongue is doing does the tongue need to move around or can the tongue become even heavier so let's try that. You go. Inhale and then go. All right. So now let's do this ah, but a little bit louder. And let's do ah. And Jennifer and I will do it also. So everybody do that. Here we go. And so now when you did that in all honesty you probably experienced some restrictions some of those restrictions might have been that "Ah, I don't want to do that (laughs) some of those restrictions might have been that you did do it but "Ah, it feels kind of silly this is kind of weird (laughs) right So so that's wonderful you became aware there's nothing wrong with that. It's totally understandable that it feels a little weird doing that. Maybe you're not in an environment where you can do it, so you decided not to do it. Right? A lot of people are around you, and they would be look at you funny. <laughs> right? They would judge you. So you chose not to. But at least become aware of that. Right? So now if you are in a, situa- in a, in a place where you feel okay, you can actually make some sound, Let's now that we have that awareness of the restrictions, the resistance a little bit, right? Okay. Now, let's give ourselves permission to 
let go of those fears, if you will, those judgments that we had, and let's do it again with a sense of feeling physically what's going on inside. And hey, while we're at it, why don't we move around a little bit? Move your head, move your neck, and that feels pretty good. So let's do it. Everybody, here we go. Inhale. Ah. Good. Excellent. How does that feel? Does that feel weird, Jennifer? Uh, I liked it the second time better than the first. Yeah. There's like It's like you gave me permission to play with it a little bit more. Right. Noticing more, noticing my neck and my shoulders. and yeah, yeah, that was actually kind of cool. And when you do it by yourself, you will probably notice that the voice may not be smooth. It may be something like this. Ah, might be doing those kind of things. So it sort of goes in and out between breathy and connected. It might have a scratchy sounds to it, like ah, and that's very common at the end. For example, if I do ah, and that happens at the end, you might notice that, or you might notice ah, and it becomes sort of uncontrolled, if you will, and you feel that it's going. You're going to notice these kind of things. And that is them because these muscles aren't used to vibrating together like that, making long sounds. That is one of the big differences, by the way, between singing and speaking, is that in singing, they tend to be elongated vowels. I feel good. We don't speak like that, but we might sing it. I feel good. And becomes so much longer. Interesting. So we, that that that's such a cool awareness. Yeah. That singing is kind of just elongated sounds. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And when we speak, what tends to happen is that we tend to everything becomes more choppy. So we tend to talk like this, and it becomes uh, constricted like that. Or, yeah, we, you know, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, and we're, we don't set the vocal cords in vibration. So that's why doing these kind of things, this process, helps your speaking voice also. It's the same instrument, after all. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. So I, I just want to say, Pear, thank you so much for, for being part of our Healing with the Masters uh, for Season 13. It's been a real delight and and so informative and so unique to talk <laughs> to you about this wonderful instrument that is our voice and um, the capacities that it holds to offer us freedom in different forms. Um, and and we've got all of us on this show who, who are listening to this now have this conscious awareness uh, mm. that, that there's something here for us to play with again. And, uh, and yeah. thank you, thank you, because I can feel your passion that that's what you want all of the people you work with to do is to become aware and play and allow the freedom that that brings. So thank Absolutely. you. Wonderful. I'm so delighted to have been on here, Jennifer. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, everybody, for uh, having been on and listening. And thank you for playing along and making sound and go out there and experiment. Wonderful, wonderful. And thanks, everyone, for being part of the Healing with the Masters community. I just love and adore you so much. I'm so honored and privileged that you've chosen to play with us, even if it's for a while. Um, your contribution is immeasurable to my life and my business, and um, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for you. 
Uh, thank you so much. Keep listening. Uh, thank you, Pear. And uh, until next time, uh, here's to your empowered voice, to your true thank- voice, to your authentic voice. Thank you, Pear. Bye now. Thank you so much. Bye. And remember, if you'd like to join us for any of our live shows, just register absolutely free at hwtmpodcast.com. That's H-W-T-M as in Healing with the Masters, podcast.com. Come and join us. Just register for the current live season.